Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vince, and this is Applying God's Word, a Bible teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 60, titled, Dealing with Habitual Sin. There is temporary satisfaction from a habitual sin when we drink from that well over and over, yet are never satisfied. In the conversation with the woman at the well in John 4, Jesus reveals this truth in verses 13 and 14. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We were given the power to overcome habitual sin during the transformation that took place when we were saved. Ephesians 2 verse 1 describes the natural man as dead in sin and trespasses. As a result of Adam's fall into sin, man is born spiritually dead. In this state of spiritual death, man is unable and unwilling to follow and obey God, and habitual sin naturally follows. We are told in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 that the natural man sees the things of God as foolishness and hostile towards God in Romans 8 verse 7. When a person is saved, a transformation takes place. The Apostle Paul refers to this as the new creation in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. From the moment we place our faith in Christ, we are in the process of sanctification. The process of sanctification, that is, to set apart, to make holy or sacred, is when those who are in Christ are conformed by the Holy Spirit into the image of Christ. Romans 8 verse 29. Sanctification in this life will never be fully complete, which means that believers will always struggle with remaining sin. Paul describes this battle with sin in Romans 7 verses 15 through 25. In that passage, which many of you are familiar, he notes that even though he desires to do what is good in the eyes of God, he often does what is evil instead. He does the evil he doesn't want to do and fails to do the good he wants to do. In this, he is describing every Christian's struggle with sin. We are reminded in James 3 verse 2 that we all stumble in many ways. Experience tells us that we struggle differently with sin, perhaps one sin being more of a tripping point for one believer than another. For some, it might be anger, whereas others, it might be gossip or lying. You'll need to fill in the blank yourself on the sin that trips you up, causing a repetitive struggle. We might refer to a sin that is particularly difficult for us to overcome as a besetting sin or a habitual sin. These besetting or habitual sins are often, but not exclusively, habits that we've developed during our lives as unbelievers and require more grace and discipline to overcome. Part of the process of overcoming these habitual sins 
is to recognize the transformation that has indeed taken place within you. Paul writes this in Romans 6 verse 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. When Paul says consider yourselves dead to sin, he is telling us to remember that in coming to Christ, the power of sin has been broken in our lives. We were at one time slaves to sin, but now we are slaves to righteousness. Romans 6, 17 and 18. But thanks be to God that, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. At the cross, the power of sin was broken, and in becoming Christians, we need to remember that we are set free from sin's mastery over us. Galatians 5 verse 1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Another thing to remember is our inability to overcome habitual sin in our own strength and that we need to rely on the power of God's Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Back in Romans 7 verse 18, Paul says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. The Christian struggle against sin is one in which our ability does not match our desire. That is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 verse 11, Paul says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit, through God's Word, works sanctification in the people of God. Sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. John 17, verse 17. Habitual sin is overcome as we submit ourselves to God and refuse the temptations of the flesh. James 4, verses 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Changing the habits that facilitate habitual sin can be a practice of personal commitment. We have to adopt the attitude of Joseph, who, when tempted by Potiphar's wife to come to bed with her, left the room so fast that he left his cloak in her hands, we read in Genesis 39, verse 15. We simply must make every effort to run from the things that tempt us to sin, including strong drink if we are given to excessive drinking, access to pornography if we are tempted to sexually sin. Again, you fill in the blank. Jesus tells us to cut off the hand or pluck out the eye if they offend us in Matthew 5 verses 29 through 30. This means removing from our lives the things that tempt us to sin even when those things we enjoy. In short, we have to change the habits that lead to habitual sin. Finally, we need to immerse ourselves in the truth of Scripture. 
The gospel is not only the means by which we are saved, but it is also the means by which we are sanctified. Romans 16.25 If we think we are saved by grace, but sanctified by our own efforts, we fall into error. Galatians 3, verses 1-3 Sanctification is as much a work of God as justification. The promise we have from Scripture is Philippians 1, verse 6, which reads, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God knows we will all sin many, many times in life. He will never condone habitual sin or simply act like it didn't happen. But God is not expecting us to be perfect in our mortal bodies. What he does expect, what he does demand, is that we recognize and confess our sin and repeatedly repent to him every time we sin.